Welcome to the Working Spouse Club, the podcast for today's professional military spouse. Join your host, Joanna DeMott, CEO of Green Zone Corporate Training, and Catherine Prince, founder and principal recruiter at The Spouse Solution, as we embark on a mission to challenge stereotypes, celebrate accomplishments, and provide a roadmap to professional success for military spouses. Each episode features inspiring guests who have successfully balanced their careers with the demands of military life. Expect candid conversations, humorous anecdotes, and valuable insights that will leave you feeling motivated and validated. How are you doing today, Catherine? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm super excited about our guest today. Uh, we're going to speak with Leslie Coffey from American Corporate Partners. She's the Vice President for Military Engagement. How are you today, Leslie? I'm so very blessed. Blessed beyond measure to be here with you both. I love that we are starting with Leslie and ACP, where I'm a mentor and a, a protege right now, currently. I'm doing both. So, oh, uh, that's so phenomenal. Absolutely love that. Yeah, American Corporate Partners is where we're beginning this podcast journey. And I actually was introduced to ACP by Joanna. So, it's funny that this is how it's all working out. What a full circle moment. I'm actually an alumni as well. I came through five years ago when we first launched for military spouses. Actually, um, I had known about ACP because I've been in transition for a long time, and we were stationed in the middle of the Mojave Desert at the National Training Center, and like the closest Chick-fil-A is 96 miles, and that's kind of what I consider civilization, so there's not like a lot of opportunities. As a matter of fact, a spouse worked at the front desk of the hotel, and she had a PhD. That will kind of explain, you know what we were working with as far as economic landscape there. And so I put a countdown app on my phone at that time when they launched for spouses because I wanted to be one of the first to apply. And now all these years later, like you talk about full circle, mm-hmm. I just met my protege two weeks ago. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually, I have a meeting with my protege this afternoon. So I love that this is all happening, you know, as, as we go, but it's wonderful to meet you. And we're, we're both really looking forward to this conversation. And I also measure civilization by Chick-fil-A. I'm 40 <laughs> minutes away from a Chick-fil-A. And I was saying last night, you know, I haven't had in a few months and, and that's unusual for me. So I love that we have that in common. Just not New York. New York, you have to actually cross the state lines. And then in New Jersey, it's nuts. There's like 15 lanes for Chick-fil-A because everybody from New York goes over there. Oh my gosh, amazing. Well, we always start um, our podcast. I say always, but um, we're starting our podcast with the question, um, Leslie, what did you want to be when you um, were little? What did you want to grow up to be? Oh my goodness. Um, well, that was, I'm a little ancient, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> I would say probably a teacher. I kind of thought, and as a matter of fact, I even started some of my education experience. So I'm um, a kind of a seasoned military spouse, been around for a while. And, you know, back when I was going to school, I actually had to transfer university seven times because of the moves. So transferring credits and all that and taking classes over and over. But one of the journeys, education journeys I went in was uh, teaching originally until the first intro to teaching class. And I heard all the things and I said, "Mm, maybe not. (laughs) That's excellent. And uh, I too share that uh, educational journey. I was uh, five different schools before finally finishing up my education. So this is typical educational career path. So Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how your 
spouse's military career affected your career path? And how many times have you moved? I can tell you seven times last nine years, for sure. I mean, many before that. But for the first 25 years, the Army always made my decision to resign. I never voluntarily resigned. And I always had to start over from scratch, you know, start over, get your foot in the door, prove your value, start climbing the ladder, and then, oh, it's time to move again. So I would say definitely underemployment was really big for my career and always having to start over. And it wasn't until COVID, honestly, where I didn't have to start over. It was because I could prove I could do the job regardless of the location. And now since COVID, I've actually uh, PCS twice and was able to maintain my employment. So I'm the angry one. Um, I'd say of Joanna and I, I, um, I'm, I've been a military spouse for five years, three relocations and four years was, um, it just pissed me off to be completely honest. Um, I'd say I'm hugely resentful, love my spouse, but just really, how is this life? And, you know, work is so important. It matters. And, you know, I feel like my professional goals, they should be valid and respected and um, they should matter too. And so I'm, I'm curious, um, has anger come up? Has, has mm-hmm. have you been frustrated? Like, you know, how are you um, handling handling all that because I hear that and I, I just breaks my heart and it, (laughs) my natural emotional response is what the hell? And I get all fired up and angry. Um, so yeah, tell us about like the emotional toll that took. Well, I would say, you know, I had a really light bulb moment. I've never really asked been unapologetic, if you will, to pursue my own professional goals and I've not thought twice about it. You know, again, a lot of my beginning of our journey was education. It was just always starting over and just trying to earn that degree. And then finally, it wasn't until 2014 when I earned my MBA. And when I came out with that, I just was convinced it was the golden ticket. All these offers were going to come flying in. They were going to come down and rolling out the red carpet for me. And it was crickets. It was just so deflating because I had four kids and for two years, the only way I got through it was all nighters twice a week for two years. And uh, because my kiddos outside the four kids, they're all in sports and going on all four cardinal directions. So I worked so dang hard for the stupid thing. <laughs> I just was dependent on it that that was going to be the answer. And, um, you know, fast forward after a few positions, the light bulb moment for me where, where I did get that anger and then can't necessarily have the best poker face is I was in an interview on an installation and I was asked, does your battle buddy know you are interviewing for a full-time position? What a battle buddy is, at least on the army side, is my spouse's boss's spouse. So they wanted to know if she knew that I was interviewing for a full-time position. And if I had basically ran it past her and I'm not sure what my face looked like, but you know, my response was I, she is aware that I am a working military spouse. I wish our listeners could see the reactions our faces are having. Well, it was, um, just, it just really set me back because my thought process and what was in my head, I don't even ask my spouse if I can work, less alone my battle buddy. And, you know, the, really the perception was, 
I should be next to her at all the events and all the ceremonies and all the, all the things I should not be somewhere working and taking up all my time. Or if I had the audacity to work, it should be part-time and be available to be next to her. Who is going to bake the cookies, Leslie? I know. (laughs) So, yeah. So I think for me, that was a very frustrating time. Another really frustrating time that I was, I was hurt more than anything is I was in an interview at an installation and um, it was, well, it was outside an installation. And at the time, this was before you really put military spouse on your resume. As a matter of fact, I had a PO box off the installation. So it didn't look like they couldn't tie me to the military. Um, I actually got a PO box for mailing and everything. I mean, this was at a time that you really tried to hide it, if you will. And the interview went was three hours. It went great. They were showing me, introducing me to everybody, showing me the flavor that they had in the K cups, the break room, the ink toner, like the whole night. I like this would be your office, whatever. And after that, we did all the proper, you know, follow-ups and whatnot. And then crickets. And, you know, we gelled so well. I'm just certain that because they did talk about military service and what if my spouse gets moved and things. I'm certain that that is what lost me that opportunity. Uh, again, I I need to I need a chart with emotions so that I can pick something other than anger. Um, but I, I I'm feeling something right now with these stories, and it, it's just so it's so relatable. I think you brought up the golden ticket. Um, you know, you said you you were getting your MBA and you thought this is going to be your golden ticket. You thought this would be the end of the struggles, and I I feel like a lot of spouses have to have that story. For me, I I made it to the C-suite before the age of 30, which is a huge deal. I was so excited um, after having to prove myself so many times as a spouse that I could do a job, that I was valid, that I, you know, that my work mattered, you know, to make it there was huge. And I was so confident that after, you know, relocating with that on my resume, I would be just fine. And we PCS'd six months later, short toward gotta love it. Again, like the crickets of putting it out there with that chief title and still just fighting to find anything and being told, oh, well, why don't this opportunity would be great for you. It's an $80,000 pay cut, but it would be great. Right. Mm -hmm. And that realization, I think that like, there is no golden ticket. Like this is going to continue to be a fight. And so you really have to, you have to develop other other strategies and skills to, you know, to do this military spouse career, right? Joanna, do you have a, a golden ticket moment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the PMP. Yeah. yeah. The PMP was not the golden ticket as advertised. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you know, Catherine comes in five years. I'm a, I'm, I'm seasoned. Uh, I've become more um, resigned, I think, or accepting of that. But the word resigned reminds me of another word that I would like to get your perspective on. And that word is resilient. What do you think of the word resilient? Well, I think we just do what we have to do. I mean, I'm I'm under the impression of we're team MSH, make shit happen, regardless of the ask, regardless of the obstacle, regardless, you know, and if and if we if the opportunity is not there, we have to build it. So that defining as you will, I def- I happen to just define as team makes should happen. Um, but um, resiliency. Now I would say 
I feel like my kiddos are very resilient and I give them credit because I've seen what they've gone through, um, specifically my adult children and some of the struggles they've had. For example, I had a son who was accepted to UC Davis for aerospace engineering, and we were at in California at the time. And of course, we had three weeks notice, had a PCS to Georgia. And um, when he was going through orientation now, in-state acceptance for aerospace engineering UC Davis was 4% acceptance rate. So he worked his buff to get there, right? So we, PCS, middle of the senior year, he was a senior class president, long-term girlfriend, captain of the soccer team, all these things. So not his ideal scenario to move middle of his senior year, right? And all these AP classes and things. We go for orientation in July. And right in the middle of orientation, he receives an email that says, like, I could, I saw the white come over his face. Like, I saw just everything drain out of him because this was his dream. And he was on high, he was on cloud nine, he was going and doing all these things, he was around all his people. This was his dream. This was his first choice. And in the email, there was a, what made it worse it was a T chart. And it said, you know, before these were the grants you were getting, but now your, you know, your parent is out of state. So essentially lost 60,000 a year. So it went from going, he was going to owe zero and he had all these grants to now your parents out of state, you owe 60,000 a year. And uh, it was just gut-wrenching because I felt like he was being punished for dad's service. Yeah. And it's been a challenge ever since then. But many times, as a matter of fact, he's still in the battle. Now it's with uh, Texas A&M. So, but so to see, I think resiliency more for me and maybe it's just, you know, the mother's point of view is just seeing the kids and what they've had to do over the years. Yeah, the adult children of military families definitely have their own struggles and challenges. And that's not recognized as much. We see a lot of resources surrounding our veterans, our transitioning service members, our military spouses. But I do feel like that population is not getting the credit they deserve for what the challenges that they've faced. And that's like, Leslie, we've talked about a number of things that your family has has gone through, and that story alone, everybody should hear that story. Absolutely. So we have these words, right? We have all this stuff. What unique skills do you bring to the table for any organization that you enter in, whether that's one that you are giving your time for or one that you're professionally paid for? What do you bring to the table because of navigating this lifestyle, because of making shit happen, which I do think... We had swag for this episode. That would be that would be the t-shirt. Make shit happen. I'm gonna make it. I love that. We need to wear make shit happen shirts. Team <laughs> make shit happen. It's that's happen. right. Team MSH. So uh, uh, passion, passion, and purpose drives everything for me. Dedication, loyalty, um, resourcefulness. Military spouses are resourceful <laughs> again because again because we, we have to make this shit happen right so we have to do all the things and 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 wear all the hats uh, typically by ourselves and so I would say um, you know that's what I bring and most military spouses are are going to bring um, so many hats that are worn uh, not by choice. You know, you just have to, it's just, it's just part of the role. But what I've seen in my organization, the spouses that we have, the loyalty and the dedication, just because they just want a chance, yep. just give us a chance. 
and we'll prove our worth 10 times over. We're going to excel. We're going to do it harder and longer, and we're going to do it faster and more efficient than anybody else because we just need the opportunity. When the opportunity is provided, we're going to excel every time. I agree with that. Hands down. So true. Every spouse I meet is in my case, it's almost like I work so much harder because I feel like I have to prove myself because I I think truly do feel like they did me a favor by giving Mm -hmm. this position, which in actuality, delivering great hire, like I don't owe them even close to as much as I'm giving. And yet I'm like, I've got to consistently prove it. I got to consistently prove it. And you were talking about your organization and military spouses. I'd love to hear more about what that lo- is looking like at ACP, how you're going about hiring. Sure. So um, funny story. I was actually the first military spouse uh, remote hired at ACP. So it's a big change in concept for us. We have an in-office headquarters in New York. And then um, after I was with the team for probably a year and a half, we actually opened a satellite office in DC. So majority of our of our staff are in person in these two locations. However, after about 18 months of, um, well, maybe I should back up. When I first came on, uh, the founder said, you know what, this is new to me. It's risky, right? And he's kind of risk adverse. So he said, uh, let's give it a six month trial. And I was fine with that. I mean, I love the mission and I um, benefited from the mission. So absolutely, give me a chance. Just like I said, give me a chance. <laughs> I'm going to prove it. A month in, he said, I don't know about this for you, but it's working great for me. Let's make this a full-time deal. Let's make this and get a race. So that was 30 days in. Within six months, I had a second race and a promotion. Um, and so 18 months in, um, you know, he said, I, we really need people that understand and are committed or connected to the military community and really understand because man, downtown Manhattan, there's not a lot of military connected talent, right. Um, that, that are in the nonprofit space, if you will, typically it's more younger adults kind of outside of college and they're not as tied to the military community and really understand us. So um, he's like, you know, things are working out great with you. What are your thoughts about bringing in more spouses? And of course, you know, been waiting for the day for you to ask me this, right? So so I put out a thing and says, we're hiring spouses, 600 applications. Oh my gosh. And now our process is we, our process to be hired, you actually, it's the, to be interviewed is the cover letter because I can teach the process all day, but I need to know the passion and the why, why our mission, we're nonprofit, why um, ACP. So I need to know the why. And so we read, I say, we, the founder reads every cover letter to see who is. So he's 600 and he was like, you know, waving the white. (laughs) 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 But um, I'm so very proud. Our first spouse, by the way, I have to tell you, our first spouse that we hired, our cover letter, I shared on LinkedIn not long ago. It said, and I quote, holy shit, I saw ACP is hiring spouses. I got I told my husband I got to apply. That was her cover letter. And she's still with us today. And she is phenomenal. As a matter of fact, 
I saw her review and she's got excellence across the board. I mean, it's almost digging for something that needs a growth opportunity. So um, fast forward now, we are nearly 30%, between 25 and 30% of our staff are remote spouses. All branches, even Coast Guard, except for we need a Space Force spouse. But all other branches are are represented and, you know, they're they're staying with us. The retention is great. They're getting promoted faster. They're having the opportunities for, you know, accommodations. If you can't, if they're not video, I'm air quoting. What our request was in the job announcements was nine to three. So the thought process is let the spouses put their kiddos on the bus in the morning and then get them off. So, and then there's flexibility built in. We have many of our spouses actually work with uh, littles at home and some may do daycare occasionally. It's whatever is best for them, but there is flexibility if they need to, you know, go to kindergarten play or whatnot, you know, we totally trust them as long as um, our service members, you know, our veterans, our spouses, our mentors are, are taken care of, then we're going to let them choose and do what's best for us. But our, the model for the position was a little bit of fewer hours to calculate in kind of like around bus pickup and bus drop off. That's amazing. And to push up to 30%, in such a short period of time and Mm -hmm. realizing the value. And it's, it's not just because you're doing something amazing for the community. You absolutely are, but there's a bottom line impact there. That's absolutely calculable that ACP has realized and has pushed forward from there. Um, You work with an organization that focuses on mentorship. And when we talk about transition and career resources, there are, several things that people always recommend. And one of them is, is mentorship. And I know a lot of people who don't take advantage of that or who think it's going to be too much time and I'm already slammed and I can't do that. But what I would like to hear more about the mentorship process and what you are doing for military spouses at ACP and how you'd like to grow that. Yes. So, um, so first of all, when I, talked about at the beginning when I first came to ACP as a protege in the middle of the Mojave Desert. My mentor is on faces on the if she's on Forbes Coast Council, her face has been on Times Square. She's phenomenal. She was with Microsoft for 30 years. She's a three-time breast cancer survivor. She actually lost her twin sister to breast cancer. She was her caretaker. Being her caretaker is what took her out of corporate. She started her own gig, you know, to be able for flexibility. So that was my mentor, you know, tough as nails, accountable, pushed me uh, way beyond my comfort. And the result of my mentorship from the middle of the desert, where there's not a lot of opportunities, this is before COVID, was um, a 67% increase in pay. Yes. So that is you know, fast forward, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing for spouses. Because I mean, at the time, I had no ROI on that NDA I talked about. <laughs> I had student loans I was drowning in. We had vehicles, a couple of vehicle payments, student loans, and we were robbing Peter to pay Paul. I was transferring this credit card balance to this one and which one's offering 0% for the transfer. And it was just like this game every month to just try to make ends meet. And all my kids were brought up on WIC. Um, Definitely times where 
in Alaska that I would visit the food bank. So like, I, I get it. I get the challenges. I get the struggles. I get the underemployment. What my mentor did for me is what I want to help for other spouses. And that's the whole reason I joined the team two and a half years ago, because I want my peers to have an easier road than I had. And, um, just to know that they have somebody that believes in them. I mean, that's really what that mentor is. It's, it's more than an accountability partner. It's more than somebody that's a season or two ahead. That's that you're learning from, but it's really just your cheerleader. Almost. It's somebody because we only provide one mentor to one spouse for a year. So they only have one person to focus on. Um, You know, we don't give them 10 or 15 people. It's one person that, wants nothing more. They're donating their time for nothing more than to see you succeed. And, you know, uh, our mentors, actually, the satisfaction rate is 99% because they just love to watch the journey, love to watch the evolution. And you're, you know, you just see this product and you're, and you're, you know, excited for them and you're helping them meet these milestones or walking them through these goals. And that's what our program's all about is what is the goal, whether you're launching a business whether you are, you know, needing a position, whether you're going to school, professional development, needing to fill a gap because you've been out uh, as caretaker for littles, regardless of what your journey looks like, it's customized based off of you. And our request is one hour a month, less than a Netflix, right? <laughs> um, now there's currently 5,000 in our program. Everyone's journey is unique. Um, their season of life is unique. What they're working on is unique. We have, you know, very um, high skilled professionals like yourselves, or we have, you know, very new spouses that might be working on something. It's totally customized based off of you and what you're looking to get out of it. And I say that to say some may meet more often than one hour a month. It's really based on what's best for you and your mentor when you when you kind of establish that relationship, establish the rapport, establish the, the battle rhythm. My spouse, for example, is in the program. He meets every other week with his mentor on a Saturday at two. That's what works for them. Others become best friends and they're texting. Um, I mean, we see baptisms and weddings and we see people. We just had someone fly from Washington to Connecticut to do a shadowing for a week uh, with their mentor and all the different projects and all the different teams. So we see the gamut. Uh, but what's most important to know is that the minimum is one hour a month. And I think we can all, you can invest. That's really what you got to think about. It's investing in you. It's an investment in you and your professional journey. And, you know, we can carve out an hour a month. I've absolutely navigated some really tough things with uh, some of my protégés, some really, really crazy life changes. And just being there, I still talk to every single person that I've uh, mentored, whether that's quarterly, which works for them, you know, that we've already finished our year or whether it's texting on a, you know, ad hoc basis, how's that new job going, that type of thing. But yeah, I, I do feel like it's one of the overlooked or something that people think, well, I'm not qualified to be a mentor. Mm -hmm. What we've talked about here with this just our small little group here, the things that we've navigated and how we can help somebody else navigate the same thing or something similar is super beneficial. Whether you have four children, whether you have zero children, whether you're moving a dog, uh, you lived in North Carolina, you've lived in California, wherever, Alaska, where's the food bank? Leslie knows. 
you know that's the, that's the thing is that this is it's a great organization and it's the one when people try to recreate the wheel you know being in this space people say we really need a mentorship program like no you don't corporate partners has you covered if you want to do mentorship go volunteer with them or contact them to do that because what acp is doing has that national reach and that bevy of really experienced and qualified mentors for for you so Kudos to you guys. Really, I didn't know about the 30% increase in the military spouse hires. I've seen some unique positions come out for ACP and really excited to hear about that. And, you know, the promotions, that's what's been incredible. They've already led to, they're moving to team leads, they're moving to project and special project leads. And the the beautiful thing when you talk about military spouse, we say, hey, we think you'd be a great fit for this. Does it fit right now for your season of life? Yeah. Some have been like, I'm honored um, right now. I really just prefer the flexibility and the, and the, uh, you know, the fewer hours. Others have been like, let's go, you know, let's keep climbing. So it's, but it's, it's, it's them. It's their choice. It's what's best for them in this season of life. And not making those assumptions. And that's a part of what I do with my company is to dispel some of those myths around this population. Not every single one of us needs to get our kids off to the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of us do. And making those assumptions that every single one is going to move in three years. Mm-hmm. Where we live, there's a command here where they're kind of homesteading. So right. making that assumption right off the bat is not the right thing to do. There's also geobatching, right? You can be a geobachelor. Mm-hmm. I meet lots of spouses who stay in this area to continue their career rather than moving. Mm-hmm. Don't make those assumptions. Because you're missing out on this population that's promoted in six months because they're so right. Anything that we've missed that you want our audience to know, Leslie? You know, I'd love to circle back when with what you were talking about, um, where you're not really sure if you're enough. But I want to speak to it on the protege side because I went through this <laughs> again. It's one of these, you know. Um, don't pull a Leslie moment. Uh, so as phenomenal as my mentor was, and as phenomenal as it landed, the middle was not the best. And it was really me. Um, you know, I mentioned the four kids, I mentioned always moving, the army making my decision to resign. And I found myself where I was like, I don't know if I don't have something concrete to bring this conversation, I feel like I'm wasting our time. If I don't have a deliverable, if I don't have like something to show, I feel like I'm wasting our time. And so I would postpone it. I would punt it. I would delay. It took me, I promise you over four years, which by the way, we are still in contact, but it took me over four years to have, to recognize I was robbing her of the one thing she was trying to do. Like she just wanted to help. I wouldn't take the call to get the help because I didn't think I was worthy of it. Yeah. I thought I would be wasting her time. And so um, I'm. if there's a message that I can get out to spouses are you are worthy. You are worthy. We only give them one person to focus on. So take the call. Don't do what I did. <laughs> take the call. Um, let them pour into you. We're used to pouring into everybody else. We're used to changing at the drop of a hat pouring into the mission, right? We uproot everybody. We move in the middle of a school year with all the kids and have to get all new shots and all the things right in the middle of the school year just to go state by state and all those requirements. And supporting the service member through all the deployments 
in this situation, when somebody's pouring into you, it can be super awkward. Trust me. <laughs> and it can take some vulnerability. And we're not accustomed to that. We're used to how to do all the things. So please listen. Give yourself permission. Give yourself investment in your in your time. And then allow somebody to pour into you. The awkwardness will fade. But allow somebody to pour into you because you are worthy. You're not wasting somebody's time. I love that. You are worthy. You are not just a spouse. You do not need to consult your battle buddy before accepting employment. <laughs> and you are a member of team make shit happen, but you don't have to do it by yourself. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Working Spouse Club. Uh, we look forward to bringing you, our audience, a new guest each week as we explore the world of military spouse employment. Thank you so much, Leslie. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really, really honored. And it's been such a pleasure meeting you both. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for what you're doing for uh, donating your time to your protégés. I recently met my protégé and just this side is just so phenomenal. And if there's any spouses that uh, have something that they feel like, you know, they have, you know, six years of experience, they like to give back. We have a lot of spouses that prefer to be paired with other spouses so that you get it. So um, one hour a month, we'd love to have you as a mentor. Hey listeners, I hope you enjoyed hearing Leslie's journey just as much as I did. If you're interested in learning more about ACP, and you should be, you can find a link to their website in our episode notes. I can't emphasize enough. I know I already have throughout this episode, but join, become a mentor, become a protege. You won't regret it. You'll also find a link to Joanna's website, Green Zone Corporate Training. She's here to help you attract, hire, and retain military-connected staff, and she's fabulous at it, as well as a link to my website, The Spouse Solution. I'm here for you when it comes to direct hire placements of mid to senior level military spouses. We'd love to connect with you all on LinkedIn, so feel free to send us over invites. And if you have any thoughts or comments, we'd love to hear from you as well. So please like, subscribe, do all the podcast things. And thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Working Spouse Club.